McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Bravo. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's no place to escape to. This is the last talk. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Um, you know what I think really could have helped Ed Gein mm. that could have stopped his uh, museum of horrors that was his home? A bowling alley in the town. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, just you, an activity. You know what else? Just once, if he was a kid at some birthday party, if he could have gotten at least one big crown around him going, <laughs> hey, Eddie, it's your birthday. Uh-oh. Hey, Eddie, Uh-oh. it's your birthday. And, and then they remembered. <laughs> But what was funny is that it wasn't my birthday. (laughs) 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 And Bernice was there. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, joined by Marcus Parks, as always, all the way from beautiful Toronto. He's back in New York City. For a tiny period of time, I get to be back in New York. And I got to say, that city Smelling like summer. <laughs> New York is a stinky, stinky place. If New York was yeah. a person, it'd be sent home from middle school with bad BO. Ooh. Like you got to get out. Like the, the cops would investigate the parenting if a child smelled as bad as New York. In New York City, did yeah. just just like what a corner smells like in New York City. Yes, they would not be able to go to school. Yeah, I am three weeks off of cigarettes now. My sense of smell has returned with a fucking vengeance. Ooh. And you know what? I didn't ever notice on the train before the slight sharp. Stab of diarrhea. Interesting. Oh, sure. Yeah, and it's also weird how you um you t- scratched it with a knife in your arm, no catine, <laughs> which is really weird. It's very uh, it's very intense, Marcus. You're getting pretty right. intense in your no smoking na- days. <laughs> I like it's a challenge. <laughs> well, and that's that's sort of one of the tricks of living in New York City. When you smell the stench of diarrhea, next up, I'll be getting off. Thank you. Thank and you. wherever you get off, that's where you were supposed to be. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. It's the universe showing you where. Uh, your dentist should be. Right. <laughs> Obviously, we're going to get into Ed Gein part three here. Um, but Henry, Toronto, you love it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> we're going to do a whole episode about Canadians. Uh, very controversial group of people. Canadians. Um, I'm just going to give this to message out to our Canadian listeners. I know if you're already listening to this show, you already are a strong, confident person that believes in black magic and knows that you can manipulate the universe with your own will. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't believe that, uh, Canadians... Buck the fuck up. Uh-huh. Buck up. <laughs> Believe in yourselves. All right? The way Canadians sell things on television, they're all like, they go on the TV, and they're immediately like, well, you know, yeah. it's not exactly the best. We, we put a lot of effort into it, and I got to say, uh, we're really proud of it. And it's just like, just sell the book. Sell the book. <laughs> Believe in the book. Sell the nipple belt. I would love to see Ed Gein on HQ or QVC selling his nipple belts. Uh, you know, it's not you know, it's not my best nipple belt because I only really got I only got about fourteen nipples and they mm. just weren't big enough. They're Asian women, so it's hard. You want a little I more need... confidence, Ed? A little more confidence. We're oh. trying to sell, sell, sell. Ah! Oh. Where's my belt? 
Okay, we'll just roll with the first take. When I wear the belt, I become a woman. That is funny. Well, we just didn't know what the other side of the uh, of the coin was there, so less confidence is fine. Also, it's kind of like the uh, werewolf idea back in the day about wearing the pelt and then you became the werewolf. Because right. you know, like when those guys put on the pelt, they like became a big scary werewolf of the mirror. Yeah. Do you think that like when Ed Gein put on the titty vest, he was just walking around to like pretty woman <laughs> walking <laughs> down the street, and he was like winking himself. In the mirror and be like, I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me real hard. Would you fuck me? I'd uh, fuck me. I imagine him just do 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 do. Oh, honey, honey, you're my candy so like, girl. Oh, I, I farted a little. Knock, 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 knock. Eddie, uh, hey, Ed, uh, just saying, um, uh, uh, just we're your neighbors, and I know yeah. we're three miles away, right. but somehow that the haunting tune of you mumbling uh, Candy Girl to yourself um, mm. is keeping me and my family awake, <laughs> so I wish you could just stop it. Are you wearing Mary? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got up. You know what? I'm sorry I came by. No, no. Stop by. Have yourself a skull of coffee. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love to have a good skull of coffee with that dude. This is a toot factory full of skulls. It's 26 <laughs> ounces. Oh, big gulps, huh? No, that's a skull. <laughs> All right. Well, All see right. you later. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we've got some. We got one murder, possibly two. We don't know if he killed his older brother. We don't know for sure. I mean, it's very likely that he did, but it's definitely a matter of speculation. Can we just go ahead and make the last podcast call of he killed his brother? Yeah, I think he, we can say he I killed his brother. I think we brother. can say editorial stance. We can take that. I think he, the more and more I think about it, on the third week of the show of, of, of Ed Gein, I am certain that he killed his brother. Yes. Yes. I would not bet against it. Definitely not. No, absolutely not. But what we're on right now is that we are on the most famous murder of all, the murder of Bernice Warden. God, if only she was smaller, she could have been alive another two years. Isn't that something? (laughs) She was, just like Mary, and just like Augusta, a middle-aged buxom woman. Mm. She was a business owner like Augusta, a bit, as the townsfolk said, a bit snippy, right? sharp-tongued, just like Augusta, mm-hmm. but in Ed's oh. eyes, she had a sinful past. She was the Volkswagen-sized bitch that Eddie absolutely craves. <laughs> oh my goodness, Ed Larson from the round table. Leave him alone, he looks beautiful, ladies. I was talking about Ed Gein. Oh, I see. <laughs> you jumped to Eddie. Yeah, you, you jumped I'm to Ed sorry, Larson. I have a friend named Ed Larson. <laughs> And I, okay, we're talking about Ed, every time you say Ed, it's Ed Gein. It's every time. Let's I, just go ahead and I say apologize. right now, every time it's Ed Gein. I apologize to you, Ed Larson, my friend, <laughs> for equating you to Ed Gein, my enemy. Ed Larson also likes a Volkswagen-sized woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, we leave this alone now. <laughs> now we move on. So as far as Bernice's sin, years earlier, she had stolen her husband, who was deceased at the time, oh. from another woman. The other woman, distraught from the end of the relationship, committed suicide. And in Ed's eyes, Bernice's adulterous actions had caused the death Mm. of another. And that, coupled with his intense physical attraction to her, was enough for murder. I love Bernice because you know when they say stolen, it wasn't like she swayed him with like charms and candies and good food. She just bonked him on the head, threw him over his sh- her, her shoulder and just walked away. Yeah, she's like, got one. <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> Got me a big one. They're like, You're... oh, you got yourself a Steve? And she's like, you know I did. Yep. <laughs> it's Bernice's boy now. You know, no, there, but that's her, there was like a Wisconsin courting ritual with like, car- like you, got, you find a widower mm-hmm. or somebody like that, somebody who's got a woman who's just like, 
it's really about ankle size in Wisconsin. Oh yes. You know that if your if your ankles are smaller than hers, you got a good shot of seducing a man. And you just got to hit him with a couple of different fucking uh, what's the terms? The uh, a mallet, ca- casseroles, like oh, casseroles. <laughs> sure. You got to hit him with like six or seven casseroles, and uh, you're in there. Yeah. And then you bring that casserole that you hit uh, your future husband with to the next potluck dinner, and everyone eats out of it, and then you laugh and laugh and laugh. And then uh, it's really sad the way his former wife committed suicide, uh, Mm. choking herself to death on cheese curds. Oh, but that is the best way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that something? But that was a problem. It took two days because she just kept eating them. (laughs) I was thinking. I like when they squeak. Oh, cheese curds are so great. <laughs> Obesity kills more people than starvation for the first time in human history, Marcus. All right, you're fed up, Ben. No. America's winning. <laughs> All right. America's but, winning. I did, that's a true fact. We'll get back to Ed Gein here, but I couldn't help but think how funnier, uh, how much funnier it would have been if we overfed Terry Schiavo to death as opposed to <laughs> starved her to death. Because um, if, if you think about that. So Let's just straight fun. up say she, she would have gotten a lot a lot less sympathy if she was a huge woman in yes. a coma than in a t- as a tiny woman it in a coma. Yeah, and I think that's unfair because <laughs> she should have been as big as her unconscious brain wanted her to be. As big as a Bernice. <laughs> now you try to start, it'll take you five years to starve me out. <laughs> I got to tell you, the door frame is, a, you know, the problem with this door frame, and it's only one and a half Bernices. We needed to get it up to two. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's you think your measurements in Plainfield? <laughs> Well, we're looking at about a four burn Bernese door there. Oh, you got two cars, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, two car garage. Yeah. It's on Saturday, November 16th at 8 a.m., the first day of deer hunting season. Ooh. Ed pulled up to Warden's Hardware Store, which Bernice owned, ostensibly to buy a jar of antifreeze. And he had done a little bit of reconnaissance the day before. He'd gone in, he'd talked to Bernice's son, who also worked at the hardware store with her. Mm. Talked to her, he's like, so, hey, you going out deer hunting tomorrow? And the son's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, all day? All day. <laughs> <laughs> Straight. Oh. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah all day. You know? All day long, exactly when, nine to... Nine to about eight? About six. And you'll be gone. You'll be wearing, like, ear covers, right? So you won't be hearing too all, much. All, I mean, you know, it's the first day of deer hunting season, Eddie. Shooting and guns all day with all the guys all day long. All day, I mean, it's <laughs> just, you know, there's just not a whole lot that you can a man can do besides deer hunting on the first day of deer hunting. Where will Bernice be? She'll be here. Oh. All day? All day. By herself. Well, someone's got to run the store, Eddie. All day yeah. long, all day with Bernice. So I was gonna, I was gonna buy the antifreeze today, but I'm gonna come back and buy it tomorrow. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Well, but yeah. you know what's so funny is that people make fun of men for not hunting in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they mocked Ed Gein for not being out there opening day. They, they thought he was sissy. Did. Yeah, right. I bet they thought. Yeah, they thought he was. That was his part of his ladylike tendencies is that right. he hated hunting. Right, but yeah. little did they know he was the one doing the true big game hunting that day. The most he was, dangerous game, exactly. Bernice, Bernice. Yeah, the most cunning prey of all. Uh, <laughs> Large woman standing behind a counter. Bernice. Um, also, it's just so funny to see him do reconnaissance, kind of like like if James Bond was uh, was uh, a loner with right. uh, autism. Oh. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> so Ed walks in. He buys the antifreeze. Uh, it's a big jar, big mason jar for a dollar. Bernice writes a receipt Back in the day. for it. Yeah. Uh, or you could just walk into a fucking hardware store with a mason jar, and she'll fill it up with a strange green liquid. You can hand her a dollar and walk out. Mm. Uh, Perfect. They do that in Brooklyn now, but those are called juicing places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Ed leaves. He walks out the door. With the antifreeze. Comes back a few minutes later, 
saying he was thinking of trading in his rifle. Now, there's a little bit mm. of speculation as to what happened at that moment. If Ed had gone in uh, with the intention that day to kill her and had mm-hmm. momentarily lost his nerve, and then something made him go back inside and to take care of it that day. It was his preternatural need to make a wig for his cock with Bernice's <laughs> vagina. Right, right. Or perhaps he heard the voice of his mother, go back in, kill yeah. Bernice, kill Bernice. Now's the time, Eddie. Now's your time. Right. You'll have to wait a full year. <laughs> If you don't do it today, yeah. Shut up, mother! <laughs> Shut up, mother! Meanwhile, he's just standing in the yeah. parking lot. He gets credit with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that film, and it's psycho, of course. But I think Jason Voorhees as well. We have a Jason thing happening with Mama. And, and, and... He just didn't have the size. He didn't no, have he the didn't. Have... <laughs> yes, he didn't. Yeah, the size nor the endurance. Uh, I believe right. that uh, Eddie completely had the intention to go in there and kill her. Yeah. I think that he had been built up, and that's what it was. He slightly chickened out, but in a way, again, someone with like Asperger's did, where he'd go like... Hey. And then he like walks out right. the store. And then he's just like, "Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I'm supposed right. to kill the big woman." Which wouldn't be uncommon because he would go to the grave sites and oftentimes, mostly not rob them. Most of, yeah. I mean, what'd you say? One out of three times. Yeah, which is enough. <laughs> I gets the job done. That's fine. Now, I mean, but then you find out like how how many nipples you can stretch into a belt. It's about right. you know what? Because that's what George Lucas said. Is that creativity dies without. Uh, Restrictions. That's right. <laughs> One of the three is not good if you're shooting free throws in the playoffs. But it's great if you're robbing. Uh, you know, if you're looking if for you're, bu- uh, yeah, yeah, big women's th- pendulous breasts Ooh, that you oh want to strap goodness. to yourself like they're clothes. He's just a little archaeologist, isn't he? Yeah, I'm he's like Indiana Jones. Oh, <laughs> so Ed leaves for a second, comes back in. And ask Bernice if he can take a look at one of the rifles in the glass display case. Th- says he's thinking of trading his in. So Bernice goes, she opens up the display case, takes out the rifle and hands it to Ed, and goes to the window to look at a car that's parked across the street. Ed takes a twenty-two shell from his pocket, loads the gun, aims it at Bernice's head, and her last words were, I don't like Chevrolets. Boom! <laughs> She's dead. Her last words were, I don't like Chevrolets. <laughs> oh, so this was yeah. Ed Gein brought to you by Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that that, is, that that just brought me right back to Wisconsin where I didn't. That is an activity. What did you do? I, oh, saw a Chevy out the window. Yeah, hey, I gotta say, yeah. I don't. You know, a green car to me shows pride, <laughs> and, and, and I think it's a sin. It, I hate, I hate to see it having a green car like that. And they tend to be Irish. Eddie, what are you doing <laughs> with that gun? I don't like Chevrolets. Blair. Oh. <laughs> so Bernie's son Frank, who Eddie had definitely made sure was going to be gone that day, all day long, all mm. day. <laughs> Returned from the day's hunting at five to find both his mother and the cash register missing Mm. and a large pool of blood on the floor. By the time the police had arrived, Frank had searched the store for clues, and the biggest one came in the form of a receipt for antifreeze because Frank immediately thought of the guy in the store the day before asking about antifreeze and asking many times... If Frank was going to be gone that day. And Ed Gein also had a history of hanging out in that store. He had been, again, because his courting was sort of like a cheetah staring at a, I guess, a big, fat old, swingy, swingy ocelot. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever, his antelope. Something with big old tits. Whatever in Africa has got a big set of tits. Elephants or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) He was just staring at her and staring at her and always being like, Mm. so you want to go roller skating sometime? Mm -hmm. Which is hilarious because what was his rollerblades made out of bones and eyeballs? (laughs) Which must have been difficult. Um, 
ask him to go to the movies, you know, and it was really weird because the movies to him were going to go, so just going to watch uh, like cows getting slaughtered in a field, and he's like, yeah. this is a funny movie. Or two cars. <laughs> they just call the they just call a street the theater there. It's interesting stuff. Man, yeah, yeah. He he keeps saying like, yeah, you know, they just uh, open up that skate park over mm. in uh, Lacrosse. You want to go over and you know maybe cut a rug? And no, Eddie. Say, no, I don't. No, no, Eddie. Oh, me no, neither. No, me no, neither. Eddie. No, uh, no, no, me neither. Eddie, no. Ooh, thank God she said no. <laughs> I got a lot. Of, I got a lot to do tonight. Um, it's interesting. So he left the body. All the blood is there, and mm-hmm. uh, and then he took the cash machine. He wouldn't have been caught unless if he would have just taken that receipt, right? Uh, well, I think, I mean, at this point, the cops are not the best. We know for a fact that he said his his brother burned alive. Mm-hmm. Not a bit of burn on him. No. And they were just like, okay, makes sense. Eddie yeah. Gein was the number one suspect of the entire town, always. If yeah. anything weird happened, because they already talk about it, because he had become the boogeyman of the town for so long, it, beca- it was a joke, but at the same time, it's kind of like uh, on a future story... It, Sometimes when you deal with somebody uh, who's the creepy, creepy loner who lives all alone in a house that looks mm-hmm. like a fucking haunted house, and he makes jokes about how he's got dead bodies there, and he's got shrunken heads, and he's doing it all the time and laughing creepily to yourself. Right. When someone goes missing, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right, that guy over there, the guy mumbling to himself with the, the hat he won't take off, and he's, he's stinking like old lady's perfume right. for some reason. <laughs> But it's also the house that on October 31st, on Halloween, they give the full-size Snickers. So everyone just leaves them alone for That's a year. A thing. And you it know? just turns out that they were just, they were frozen dookies. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me. I ate 13 of those last, last Halloween. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So he gets so Frank's there. He the police get there and he says, "All right, I know who fucking did this. I know who took my mother. It was Ed Gein." Mm. And so the police they kind of put out a little bit of an APB. And of course, Ed at the time was sitting over at the Hills house watching "I Love Lucy" digested pork chops and pickles, eating (laughs) eating pork chops and macaroni and pickles, which. 
I like it actually. Possibly my favorite meat. Yeah. Just what, like what? if if anything could identify us harder as white people, <laughs> I think it's like because I even I think about it. I mean, like I could eat some pork chop and some macaroni. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I could eat that right now. And it's a white people food. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, man. Mm. Uh, and so when they got there, actually, Ed was in his car with his best friend Bobby Hill. They were about to head down to Warden's department uh, hardware store to see what all the hubbub was about. Right, right. Yeah. right. And when uh, the co- cop actually went up to Ed, and they said, like, Ed, you know, I think we, I think you did something here. I think you need to come with us. His first, the first thing he said was, like, oh, someone's trying to frame me. And you know yeah. who else that sounds like? Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> Where was, was a Ruby? Patsy? Where was Ruby? Building 7. <laughs> Follow the money. Ed Gein took Building 7 Who down. Who benefits? Oh my hey, God. Beneficio. <laughs> Qui bono. Uh, that's what it is. Honestly, though, like everyone has a time that is perfect for them to be alive, and sometimes you miss that. Um, I would go back. I would be a great Viking, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've got the amazing. fight, the fight in you. No, yeah, but does. I have the he charm. Does. I have the charm. And I'll, <laughs> I'll be, like, I'll be like the big Viking. It's like you go, killer. You go, and I'm just like, ooh, I got all the chicken to myself. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of morons. So I, glad Ben Cry is here to guard the chicken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened to all the chicken, Ben? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't even want to know how full I am. Um, 9/11 would have been good for a bunch of Ed Geens to go over there, scavenge through all the bones. He could have actually oh, done yeah. a very good job yeah. uh, you know, re- picking up the, uh, the the grave site. I remember that when the Secret Service allowed all the grave robbers to come <laughs> in and pick through all the remains. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was so sweet of them and nice <laughs> because they're all guys just going on being like, I'm trying to make a pull from my fan. I want it to be in the shape of a human hand. Be like, right. right this way, you stinky old man. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, hope that's number 3469. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also died helping us start a war we didn't need to. That's right. <laughs> Find the smolder. Oh, this is our 9-11 episode that we're going to do in the future is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for that. So it's the- going to get us banned in the rest of the country. Oh, great. Oh, that's. I always like to say we have a small amount of success. Let's ruin it. That's what I always like to do. So they called an APB, which means they just got on some plastic cups and they put them to their ears and started screaming out loud. Well, yeah. they just yell out the gee. shed and, they, and then right. they, 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 echoes of the of the hills carry the word down. Don't to the- find any. Eddie, Eddie. There's a bear somewhere. What Ed do? <laughs> I knew Ed was up to something when he was out here. So while one set of police were busy apprehending Eddie, another group was tasked with searching the Gein homestead. Two officers finding the front door locked. Now this story, mm. now this is where it gets to be, uh, I love this part of this story, where it, you get to really see what it's like to walk into the boogeyman's house. This is they the, had no idea what they were walking into. This is yeah. the uh, House of a Thousand Corpses scene. Yes. You know, when the cops roll up to the uh, Firefly Mansion. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, the two officers, the front door was locked, they went around to the back, the cellar door unlocked, they opened the door to a pitch black room, walked inside, and as they waved their flashlights around, mm. one of the officers felt something brush up against his coat. Oh, someone just left some kind of, uh, is he is he making like ham or something? Mm. Oh, that's cool. Ooh, mm, nothing like a good winter ham. Mm. He turns around, shines his flashlight, and finds a pale white carcass gently swinging from a three-foot-long sharpened wooden crossbar through which the points have been shoved through the corpse's ankle. <laughs> yeah, at that point, there's only one thing to say, and that thing is, Fuck! 
<laughs> and the arms were tied taut to the crossbar as well. And the body had been opened up from crotch to sternum, and the insides had been scooped out. Mm. From This is from the autopsy report. It said, from the appearance of the cut for evisceration, it was concluded that the cut was started from the lower end and terminated above the stomach pit. Pretty woman, <laughs> walking down the street. Pretty woman, Packers, Packers driving down the field against the Chicago Bears. <laughs> hey, we got a touchdown, I, Green Bay. I hate how these knives get stuck on the sternum. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, did you see the? Did you hear the game the other night? You bet I did. Okay, <laughs> think they got a shot this year. In addition to all that, Bernice had been completely drained of blood. The report said the empty body cavities were glistening and free from blood and appeared as if they had been washed. But most ghoulish of all, the head had been completely removed and was missing. And as the police searched the house, they pulled apart a pair of old soiled mattresses and out from between them fell this steaming burlap sack. This cop named Willimovsky reached inside and dragged out a two-foot length of twine. Now, this is like mm. one of those funny jokes where you pull the line, it's got like a dollar bill on it, right? right. And, it's like, and then you get to the end of it, you get hit, knocked on the head kind of type thing? Or? Right. Now, well, with any, now, I with mean, any, there is a prize at the end. With, with any luck, this is full of gold. Oh, oh uh, maybe uh, this could be all full of antifreeze. You know it's up to a dollar a mason. Oh, oh, my God. Really? <laughs> well, that's why you killed her. So the twine was connected to two nails that had been driven deep into the ear canals of Bernice Warden's head. Oh. She had been made ready to be displayed like a picture just like all of the others in Ed Gein's house. Now, we're going to talk about this in more detail when we go through. We're about to go through the entire inventory of everything that Ed Gein had, had at his home, oh which God. is insane. Uh, but you're looking at, he had heads to wear, he had heads to show, and, and Denise <laughs> was, was lucky enough to make the gallery yeah. instead of the costume room. He had literally... By, as the season turns, so does his uh, wardrobe of human flesh. Mm-hmm. It's weird how he kept it in a paper bag, too. Burlap sack. Burlap yeah, sack actually is appropriate. Yeah. Because there's a paper bag one, too, right? Mary that's, Hogan. Yeah, because she's got the... That's where also... It's been, the pussies are in a, 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 a shoebox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if... Well, we, we're going we'll to get to all that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, <laughs> you know what he needed? Yeah. The Container Store. Oh, that actually brings us to our it. ad today for Midroll, The Container Store. <laughs> the container Please store. make sure you go to The Container Store. <laughs> you Use have the code last podcast on the left. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you have some labias lying around there. What do you do with them? I understand. We all get it. Go down to The Container Store. Yeah, you're going to love it. So as far as all of the missing body parts of Bernice Warden goes, mm. her heart was found near the stove. Her entrails, including both lungs, the esophagus, the stomach, the small and large intestines down to the lower rectum would be found wrapped in a newspaper and folded inside an old suit of men's clothes, still warm. I love that he did have clothes, but he was just like, nah, these are human clothes made for... (laughs) I wear whatever. suit. I'm no stuffy businessman. (laughs) I can't be wearing a suit all day. People don't know about my casual attitude. Wrapped flesh in clothes. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the heart goes, that's where the whole cannibalism rumor came from. Sure. Because the heart was, was on found, the stove. Yeah, it was well, it wasn't even on the stove, it was near the stove. Right. But people heard heart and they heard stove and they immediately put them together in okay, 
He was yeah. eating this shit. I'm he not, was about to eat it. I don't have a lot of sympathy for Ed Gein when people do call him a cannibal because I can see how you would make that. It's le- a very logical jump I, to make. And don't you, I think he was. He would have eaten that heart, don't you think? No. Nah. You don't think so? No. no, no, no. He was turning it into a necklace for his sweetheart who was named Mrs. Rudder Rudders of uh, Boo Sheboygan and was counting. A heart <laughs> necklace? Yeah, yeah. He was making her think, yeah, because she was a primo piece, 345 yeah. pounds. He was going to make two suits out of one. Yeah. Kay Jewelers has a heart necklace out right now, but they just don't really get it. They don't know how cool it could have been. So this is when the cops start searching Ed Gein's house. Mm. Let's just get into the inventory. It's very – so imagine this, right? You're going into a house that is entirely soiled. He yeah. only uses about three rooms of it. And pitch black. No electricity. No mm. electricity. He doesn't have any plumbing. Uh, the whole place is, is ancient. It is covered with refuse, old in- music instruments. Mm-hmm. The, everything is just food debris everywhere. And you notice, also, not only is it just three fucking wrecked, disgusting rooms filled with human debris, right. is that there are these several locked doors that have not been touched in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you get... Now as a police officer, to go look in all this shit. And then you open up the refrigerator and you're like, mm, he's got some purple stuff. No, he's got, uh, he's got Sunny D. Oh, shit. <laughs> cool. Sunny D is a great drink. So starting in the bedroom, inside of his bed frame was wads of used gum. Yeah, he'd keep big balls of gum. Huge balls of used gum. We're going to start low and work up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that's, honestly, that's the most disgusting thing it's in the really house. It's I, I, <laughs> so gross. Yeah. Yeah, it seems gross. Yeah. You're just big fucking coffee cans full of used gum. If, if someone goes into your house and they find a bunch of used gum and that's it, you still got a bad reputation. Yes. You know, you're, you're still, still not filthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. not going to, you're not doing well at singles night. No, definitely not. You're the gum guy. Yeah. There was also a large inventory of boogers <laughs> and a rotten head sawed off at the jawbone. Ah. Oh, so he was sort of like Stimpy from Ren and Stimpy until we got to the yeah, jawbone. That was thing. It was kind of yeah. funny and goofy yeah. for a second, and then it's just, it's all the heads. <laughs> yep. They, and two complete skulls were stuck on the back bedpost. That's rock and roll. That's yeah. that's when it gets heavy metal. Right, when he's right. sitting in an altar of bones. That's what Jeffrey Dahmer always wanted, but he didn't have the fucking guts or the handmanship. <laughs> No, or the room. I mean, Dahmer was a city dweller. He had that little apartment. He would have loved a country house in Plainfield. And, of course, we've also talked about the bowls. He used... The bowls. (laughs) Mm. He used, as bowls, the brain pans of dug-up corpses. He said uh, he got the idea from, quote... An old Norwegian custom. Yeah, of being super fucking creepy. <laughs> I believe that's probably true. If you are going to get it from any custom, it would be the Norwegian. But he genuinely would complain that he could never get the bottoms even yeah. Of, yeah. of the bowls. And that they, that was the problem, that he would eat his pork and beans and they'd spill everywhere because he's just like, it's truly, he's like, you just can't believe how hard it is to buff down a human skull. Mm, and then, right. you know what, Eddie? If anybody would know, it's you. Yeah, yeah. He had fixed a pair of women's lips, complete with lipstick, to the top and bottom of his kitchen blinds Mm. so that when they were contracted, when he pulled the cord, they formed a woman's kiss. 
I mean, it's really creative uh, in a way. And you know, I guess this was his, uh, was most likely his mother's lipstick as well, I would assume, right? Well, uh, most likely, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I don't His mother don't didn't know. wear lipstick. Yeah, his mother know. was yeah, his mother was not a makeup woman. That's a harlot move, Ben. Where did he get the lipstick from? I don't know, maybe one of his excursions over to Wisconsin Springs. Oh. Do you think he kissed it? You must have. <laughs> right? No. It's he just didn't so, want- it's like sort of cute. It's, that's what I'm saying. Like all yeah. of his stuff is like it's a little cute if it wasn't such a nightmare. It's so disgusting, but yeah, because it's like Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of where yeah. you can go like, "Hey, Eddie, good morning." It's like morning window. Yeah. <laughs> How are you this morning? Well, feeling pretty lonely. Like, oh, I don't gotta be lonely anymore. Just come give us kisses. God, stop it. I should have put these lips lower. Oh, my. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, but, you know, good oh. thing I got this old stool here. <laughs> oh, you want to get, get blown by his own window. <laughs> Next up in the inventory, nine vaginas in a box. Now, that sounds like a Slipknot album cover. It's the album title. I do like him saying, like, nope, nine vaginas in a box. Not ten, not eight. Always nine. <laughs> always nine. Always nine. If there's seven, make it nine. You got to make sure you keep it an even nine. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them were salted and treated to keep them from decomposing. Mm. One, in an experiment, an odd little experiment, had been painted silver to see if that would slow down the decomposition process. That's kind of like a Lady Gaga kind of move. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's a little yeah. glam. Yeah. <laughs> well, did it did it slow it down or? I mean, it made it more brittle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's mm. But he did say that no matter what he did, some of them still went green. Yeah, and he yeah. said, you know what? I will tell you, it's 100% more silver. Mm, isn't that nice? <laughs> it's kind of exciting. But Bernice's vagina, which he got to work on Right away. Oh, yeah, that's just best. You got it fresh from, oh, another like, right off of the boat. <laughs> hey, you got, oh, it's got a, mmm, it got a taste. Mmm, I got a smell. Oh, sweet, sweet, but he's a vagina. Oh, you got to, you got to know it's only $20 a pound. Right, $20 a pound? Wow. That's some fresh ass Bernice vagina. Yeah, I guess that, to make a full pound of vagina, that would be quite a bit, I guess. That vagina got special treatment. He wrapped a red ribbon around it from the pubic hair to the membrane, mm. and he'd all also kept more of her than the others, preserving a chunk of her anus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of getting kinky with it, huh? Yeah, and oh, you, right. if you want to know how that was achieved, this... Do I don't. <laughs> oh, you're going to tell us? Okay, great. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> this is from the autopsy report. said, the cut circled around the external genitalia for the complete removal of the vulva, lower vagina, and anus with the lowest portion of the rectum. Which we all thought at the office was... Uh, Pretty rock and roll, but mm. to accomplish this, the symphysis pubis had been split, and the pubic pubic bones widely separated. That we felt was not very rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, so we, an autopsy in Plainfield, Wisconsin, is just done by the butcher. You know, they just take him. They, I mean, is there anyone who does autopsies in Plainfield, Wisconsin? They brought someone in. I would hope yeah. so. At this yeah. point, well, when we were finally doing the autopsies, this was when it had become a national story, and everybody who was anybody involved in criminal justice had shown up to, right. to work the case. Yeah, because the Plainfield cops were very much like, 
you do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, this was a little bit over their well, pay grade. What we'll find out later on is that they uh, they didn't have the money. Yeah. Uh, they Basically, yeah. they needed to find an excuse for the state to come take over the investigation because they they were paying for everything in order to fly these people in and out because mm-hmm. that's the one thing that is a that's a factor that nobody knows. Like, these people have budgets. Yeah. These are the autopsies and the, the crime lab stuff, like going through all these pussies and trying to figure out who belonged to who, that costs thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah, even more. It's very difficult to identify a person solely by their uh, private parts, except for <laughs> except for me. Yeah, you always yeah. get it. Oh. Yeah. He also owned four chairs woven with human skin instead of cane, and the undersides were lumpy with fat. Skin was also used to make a variety of things, such as lampshades, bracelets, a waste basket, the sheath for a hunting knife. And the aforementioned Tom Tom that he used to play when he was dressed up. It is also a little known fact: Ed Gein had the first Tempur-Pedic bed. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it was fat. It was human fat, yeah, just human lard. <laughs> oh, that's the, that's. The right I really wish I could have seen his grotesque uh, Ricky from uh, I Love Lucy like act that he did. I wonder if he thought Lucy was funny, or if he watched him but like I'm funnier than her. <laughs> I, I can do that. Not big enough. (laughs) You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. There was a box that contained four noses. Okay. You know. There's just such random numbers, but yeah. Yeah. I will say this, yeah, because, you know, if you want to stop somebody from smelling, you just cut off that nose. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) And there were ten human heads. Okay. Some wrapped carefully in plastic and others just tossed casually under furniture. Hmm. And mix, and of course the nipple belt, which we all know about the nipple belt. Everyone knows about Everyone the nipple knows belt. Everyone knows about the nipple belt. That was just the f- the funnest thing, technically. <laughs> right. But mixed in with all of this, this is what, what's kind of bizarre, but it also tells you Ed Gein's mental state. Mixed in with all this were things like Cracker Jack prizes, kids' toys, little plastic whistles, toy airplanes, mm. and children's books. Like one of the children's books he had, the title was Dorothy Dale, Girl of Today. Now, which is scarier? The bags of human heads or a 55-year-old man with a bunch of children's toys and children's books? It's really tough to say, Henry. <laughs> but I'm going to go with a spider ring is less creepy than a human nose. <laughs> Just a little bit. And in addition to all of this, the mystery of Mary Hogan would finally be solved. Some sources mm. say that her face was made into another mask. But others maintain that Mary's head never quite made it to the artistic side of Eddie's life, for her head was found wrapped in a brown paper bag, almost as if it was just another piece of trash that he couldn't bear to throw out, Mm. just like the dozens of empty cans of pork and beans that littered Eddie's home. And I think that does make, I think it makes a lot more sense that he did not use Mary Hogan as a mask. This would have been a great episode of Hoarders. Man, I would have loved to see it. And that's well, it what it been was. A, it would have been a long <laughs> episode of Porter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a different episode than they're used to. That's for yeah. sure. So we have we have ten heads, four four noses, mm-hmm. nine vaginas. Mm-hmm. Any eyeballs lying around, or those just kind of liquefy? Well, they, those liquefy huh? extremely. Those yeah, are one okay. of the first things to go. You know, Marcus, it's so hard <laughs> to have eyeballs just hanging out. You know, you can't right. turn them into cufflinks, even though it would be pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they um, turn into vitreous jelly very soon. I right. do have a, a necklace. Uh, uh, with human teeth in it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Sarah that's... Ben and Casa gave it to me. Oh, yeah. that's great. She wants you to be alone forever. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> good, good. 
When, but while not gruesome in the least, one of the strangest things, at least in context, that the police found one completely boarded up room when they opened it up. And now if you think about this, right? right. You've seen all this fucked up shit in the lobby. This is the foyer. This is out. Yeah. This is his where he accepts company. Right. This is where the, the, the coffee table books are. And then there's a room that he doesn't want you to go in. <laughs> and you would imagine, I mean, now I'm going to say that's just a perfectly nice room full of nice human things. Uh, sure, maybe. Right. But at the same time, you're just like, I could just, they're both being like, all right, which who's opening it? All right, no, 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 no. We're drawing straws. No, no, no. Straws isn't fair. No, no, no. We're doing something else. All right, how long we been? All right, let's go alphabetically. All right, and then we're going by height, and whoever is the shortest person whose name is last in the alphabet has to open the door. It was actually this is where the game rock paper scissors was invented. It had to be. Yeah. You gotta find a way to solve. Yeah, but problem. at that time it was it was Fieber's tits and. Tits. Right, right, right. <laughs> they just couldn't get over the tits. They no, get over the double tits. And yeah. speaking of the tits, the tits were talking. Bernie's warden's tits were talked about way too much in the autopsy report. Well, it's because they were too busy going, wow, 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 wow. I think they, that actually, was- they actually did. They said in the autopsy report that they were, quote, well formed for her age. Leave them alone. <laughs> Good God, that's mo- that's more offensive than any of this. It sounds like the autopsy doctor is just another Ed Gein, just yeah. feeling him up, like turn around, going like, "Oh yeah, playing with them like radio dials." Right. Oh, flippy flap, flip flap, flap 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 flap. Oh no, I'm working on the body. I'm cutting her up. It is isolated Wisconsin, so I mean, Ed Gein was just slightly crazier than everybody else. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And, you know, actually, Ben, you say like, what was behind that door? Was it a nice, serene, normal human Ooh. room? It was. It was Augusta's room. Perfectly preserved. He had not touched it in years. Yeah. He walked in. Everything was covered in in dust. It was... The bed was made. It was basically the... Perfect to the day she died. Mm. He never went in there. And that was the same thing because the whole upper floor was Augusta's. So that whole area, none of it was touched because Ed Gein was too afraid. That, Mm. to me, is such a sign of his psychosis. Mm. And also what we talk about a lot of times about the duality of serial killers, right? How everybody always kind of lives a public persona and a private persona. You know, you got Dahmer and Gacy and Bundy. They all kind of did the same thing. Where Ed Gein, it was within his own house. Yeah. Because he was so socially maladjusted, he couldn't, like, be a, a cool lawyer on the streets, uh, you know, <laughs> right. like, and hang out with everybody. Yeah. He was too weird to do it, so he kept it in his own house. His whole... Uh, it, it's very interesting when you watch someone who's alone like that, who's been operating in a bubble of madness, and right. what he does to differentiate his dark world from the good world of his mother. And like, it's like he basically that closed door almost kept it separate, and so he can do whatever she wants because it's like her door's closed; she can't see what I do right. in this and room. And he's mm-hmm. happy that she's happy because she has a beautiful, clean room. You know, uh, when he's sitting in the jail cell, the only thing he's worried about is them going into Augusta's room. Oh, that's like, it. I don't care yeah. about any of if they find anything, but don't go, don't go into Augusta's room. No, please. and you're talking about in the first police interviews. As soon as they bring up his mother and the things are going on, he just starts crying. Yeah, he's just like he starts crying. She's just such a good woman. She just didn't. She this world didn't deserve her. <laughs> just kept saying that over and over again. This world didn't deserve her. Like, and you know what? I don't think they did. No, man, she won. She definitely got the boy that she wanted. That's exactly yeah. what Holy she wanted hell. because, I mean, she again, she always wanted a daughter. Right. Yeah. You know, it just so happened to be a daughter 
Made out of loose, tanned human skin and a couple of scalps that he tied around his neck with a bow, and then he played the tom-tom because he liked rhythm. He tried. (laughs) He tried to be her favorite daughter. Well, during interrogation, uh, apparently the uh, county, Washara County Sheriff. How do you pronounce that? Washara County. All right, cool. Yeah, cool, Washara cool. County. I yeah. look at him for all the weird pronunciations. It's for all, all Native these American names. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so his Arch Slay, he actually he kind of beat the shit out of Ed just a little bit, slammed him against walls. Uh, and Gein's initial confession because of this was ruled inadmissible. And this is actually mm. very interesting: is that Slay died of heart failure in 1968, not too long after Ed was uh, after Ed was you know found convicted and all that. Right. And that a lot of friends say that, you know, Ed Gein killed this guy just as much as he killed Bernie Well, because why? How did Ed Gein kill this, uh, kill this guy? Because the, uh, what happened when, when the crime hit the newspapers and when, when people started finding out what was going on, because when Arch Lee was a new sheriff, he was this hothead dude who, again, I mean, he was just a, a local kid who was sheriff of this town. Right. He was... Not a built, smart dude. No, not, I mean, not, not... He wasn't brilliant. He's not a super cop. He's not right. going to be in the FBI anytime but soon. But he's fine for the plain field fucking he's sheriff. Fine. Yeah. 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 And so he shows up. This The crime of the century lands in his fucking lap. He's got to deal with these reporters. They ruin his life. Ed yeah. Gein becomes his life for how many years is that? 15? Like 15 years? And so... Yeah, great, a great 15 years. <laughs> I don't... There's... It was the fact that he ate, you know, probably eight eggs and, and two steaks for breakfast every day and sat in his squad car like a fat ass well, for absolutely. his entire life when, and he when, died of heart disease. When you're stirring coffee with strips of bacon exactly. and you eat a block of cheddar before you go to sleep every night, you're not going to make it very long. But the added stress of handling a press circuit yes. that was had just showed yeah. up into the into World. town and rip and rip small it up. town small worldwide t- small town wisconsin is not uh, known for their um they don't have a desire to really be front and center. No, they are highly private. They're, they're humble people, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the, as far as the press went, like, they interviewed everyone. They just descended on this town like fucking locusts. Yeah. I mean, the the big story that <laughs> this is just the oddest headline for Ed Gein, the big story that really uh, described everything in vivid detail was from the Milwaukee Journal. Uh, the piece was called... Incredibly dirty house was home of Slayer. They were afraid of the house. I understand. I get nervous in a dirty home. All it's right. the sign of an anxious home if it's dirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about it uh, in the last episode, the uh, the whole story about uh, the pension remark. You know, yep. about the all the 350-pound man. Like, that was a full front-page story. Like, yeah. Plainfield resident describes pension remark. And then women came forward and were like, Ed Gein romanced me. And the, mm-hmm. it was very strange. He got yeah. all of this attention basically building up these, like, the whole town built up fake relationships they had with Ed Gein. Right, right, where right. Where it's like, it's more like... If you had actually had those relationships with him, he maybe would not have done what he did. I mean, it was impossible <laughs> to have any relationship with him. But yeah, it's always like at the funeral. Oh, I loved, I loved the Laura so much, and it's like you hated her. You know? <laughs> uh, but uh, I, it, um, yeah, I love the fact that having a dirty house like trumped Slayer. Yeah, like Slayer had kind of a dirty house like. 
filthy house. Incredibly it's, dirty it's, home. It's, it's like a John Waters movie serial mom. Like that's what <laughs> she would be focused on. Yeah. It's just like I can't believe she had dust on her on her on her duvet. Now in Ed's confessions, he would detail his crimes against the dead in a matter of fact way that would put BTK to shame. Well, mm. What happened is because the first time he showed up, he wouldn't talk, and they were like, "Well, what do we got to do to get you to talk?" He's like, "I want a piece of apple pie with with cheddar cheese on it." Mm-hmm. And they yeah. went and they got him the apple pie with cheddar cheese on it. He ate it, and then he was like, "Stop that! This cheese is kind of dry." Legitimately said, "It wasn't happy with the cheese." And so once he gave once they gave him pie, he started spilling his fucking guts. Mm-hmm. It's so Wisconsin. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But, you know, the fact that they messed up his cheese, again, whoever did that should probably get arrested. <laughs> How do you get dry cheese? Don't serve dry cheese to nobody, regardless of what they did. Prison cheese. Mm, that ain't right. This is from his confessions. And removing the head, did you first cut through and then snap the bone? I guess that, uh, <laughs> that'd be a snapping. Would you work the head back and forth in the same fashion as you would when you attempted to break a piece of wire in two? That's a good description of it, yeah. I never took a saw to the cemetery. <laughs> this is going great, Sheriff. We are getting all the answers. I feel like I'm doing good, but also I'm throwing up right, psych- right. psychically mm, as well. Good. Well, the cops actually didn't believe a word of Ed's graveyard confessions. They, mm. could, they could not believe that this tiny little man could go out to a graveyard and harvest this many corpses. They thought that all of the corpses in his house had to have been murdered. Well, yeah, because they're looking at it. They're like, oh, we got 10, we got 10 murders. Yeah. Right here, at least we got ten, got right. ten bodies, if not more. Yeah, so so this is set. We're we're gonna figure all this out because to them, grave robbing is supposed to be this physically difficult job. It was like six feet of dirt, right. a lot of these people kept in stone. But it turns out, some about grave diggers. They're fucking lazy. <laughs> They're lazy people. But it's the same thing when Dahmer, you know, Dahmer told his, had to tell his confession twice mm-hmm. because the uh, the fellow who interviewed him just didn't believe him. And then he got a phone call and be like, we found a penis in a box. And he's like, can you tell me that again? Say that one <laughs> just more time. Go take it back from the start. It's like, you know, it's a story I love to tell. So let's just pull up a stool. <laughs> I've worked it into a tight five. <laughs> right. I mean, why? I guess what would be uh, Ed Gein's motivation of lying about the grave robbing? Uh, because they, he knows just, he's they going... just thought he was cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, they right. thought. Yeah, they thought he was cuckoo that he uh, could maybe get around it somehow. Uh, but the whole thing was just complete. They didn't want to believe anything about this. Right. right like right. they didn't want because grave robbing. It's like we said in the last episode. Gra- murder they can understand. Yeah. Like that, that sexual assault they can understand. Yeah. But mur- But grave digging and making clothes out of old ladies. Completely out of their fucking field of vision. Straight up, just straight up, just gathering supplies. He went to the (laughs) graveyard like he was going to Joanne Fabrics. Right. And they can't. Wrap their heads around it. That's I and mean, again, yeah, they needed they needed more fabric stores and things like that. I'm sure they did think they're like, oh, this is like a San Francisco case. Now, we don't <laughs> we don't see this in Wisconsin too often. So to confirm their disbelief, this was just to say like, all right, we just have to shut this guy up. Uh, they the sheriff's department worked up an exhumation order. And you talk about like, and this was the thing too that almost ripped apart the town. Like yeah. this is we, we're kind of mm. skipping past some of the details, but in the book Deviant, they talk about like in order to get these like look at how private and religious a lot of these people are they have to go from family to family and get because they have to get approval to up to dig up these graves it tore the town apart 
Yeah, right, right. Because they just didn't want it. They wanted it to be over. And this oh, yeah. was something that, uh, you know, they thought it's just disgraceful. To, no, every to layer they up. peeled back, there was more fucked up shit. And they're yeah. like, all right, well, now we now we got to do this. Because literally, it's like Schley is, is now dead set of being like, we're going to show that he's a murderer. We're going to stop right. all this crazy talk about grave robbing. Mm-hmm. And then they dig up the first grave. And they it's like, it's two feet of dirt. Right. Mm-hmm. One guy does it. Because they also said that he had maybe got a guy named Gus to help him. Yeah. And poor old Gus, whoever he is. Oh, poor Gus. But, I mean, yeah. it must have been interesting for the family when they all got one hour to go into their house and try to re-put put together one of their family members. Uh, for You know, if you are like... Does this look like mom's pussy? Is that, yeah. Well, this, I definitely got mom's boobs in her ear here. So let's let's see if that works. Now, the first one that they got the order for was Eleanor Adams. She was only a few graves down from Augusta. And besides her name, the only word that was engraved on the tombstone was mother. And you know he went and traced his dick along it. The word <laughs> yeah. mother. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and to all those people that said like, okay, you know, there's no way that this little guy could have possibly dug six feet down in the ground, which by the way, six feet down, I tried it. It's fucking hard. Yeah, you don't. You know, that's why people. That's why they settled on that for feet. No, like, <laughs> this makes it very difficult to uh, get a corpse out. Every single time you admit to grave robbing on this show, right? I think the problem no. is I think that we're Na- just shortening then, the lifespan no, no, of the no. show. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't admit to grave robbing. You're, I admitted to grave digging. Oh. No, attempting to rob a grave. Just attempting say hole digging. Dig a grave. Just say hole. I Call did it say, a hole. I never said grave. You said grave. You tricked me. <laughs> Mm. You tricked me into saying grave. Because grave does imply you have a corpse to then fill it with. You I'm, wanted to say grave, and when you, every time you say grave, there's a, literally a ding, like a, a, a visible twinkle mm. in your eye. Well, yeah. you know, it's when they gave all the grave digging jobs to fucking prisoners and just handed them a back end loader and said, dig it up, fella. Yeah. We got to yeah. get you back to the pen by six o'clock. You know, it took all the fucking art I, out of it. Okay. Marcus I, I, is yelling is right. Yeah, yeah. I understand when people discuss, you know, maybe uh, day laborers or things like that because they can work for a, a lower wage. But if a prisoner stole your job, uh, maybe that wasn't the job that you should have had. I will just say, uh, when I die, I'm going to have a one-handed man with an eye patch d- dig my grave like it's supposed to be dug, just half dug. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, digging six feet down at the time, you didn't have to do that. All you had to do was dig down two feet because a lot of these graves were encased in these vaults. Some of them were made of concrete, but most of them were made of wood. So all he had to do was dig down two feet to the vault, split the wooden concrete, case in two with a crowbar and then jump down to the grave. But they didn't down know the that. Coffin. They did not know that until they did it. And yeah. so finally they because showed they, up. None of them were fucking grave diggers. And oh, they, they, didn't even, they didn't even bother to consult the grave diggers. No, but he's just sitting there going like, they sleep forever over here. Yeah. <laughs> I see their ghosts dancing in the night. All right, can we right. get this grave digger out of here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, it's never good if you have to go to a grave. Uh, <laughs> Whenever grave a grave digger is a yeah. consultant. <laughs> right. They always di- didn't they doesn't the grave digger usually do it? Like they're usually the criminals. I mean, really case, they're called care caregivers. They're called uh, caretakers. The ease of forever sleep. They go down but never get out. <laughs> Free from the stress of life. Well, this is just a creepy. This is. I'm jealous of the corpses. <laughs> jealous of their peace. Oh, is these sandwiches free <laughs> over here in the green room? So, are you sure this is our number one witness? We have to put him on the stand. 
Okay. So when they uh, they they those they only had to dig two feet down, uh, and it was estimated when the, it was two guys that dug it out, and it was in November, so the ground was frozen. Mm. Uh, two guys. It took them a little over an hour and a half. Yeah, and to they thought, it out. and they're like, "We're just gonna, we're gonna hit this again." They're all being like, "Don't worry, don't worry, yeah, yeah, this is easy, but we're gonna get to the the holding chamber of the coffin, and it's not gonna be split." Literally, they lift up the dirt. The thing's cracked in half. Mm-hmm. They go down to the coffin, open it up. It's empty except for a couple of parts mm-hmm. and a crowbar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but these people, they were digging, but they didn't want to find out what they were gonna, you know, see. Ed Gein was he he was so thrilled to get to the candy. You know, it's like a, you know like a like a sucker. I've never uh licked on that thing more than twice before I bite into it to get the gum. <laughs> I think that's a weird that's another like weird like sexual peccadillo thing like when you pull the label off of a beer uh, when you're right, drinking yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Right. Where right. if you're just crunching on lollipops, I think that would be scary to see as a woman. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. I'm alone. There was a second woman set to be exhumed. Uh, her name was Maybell Everson. Uh, and the question of what happened to her body would be answered before they even got to the coffin, just a little over a foot into the grave. The team found a jaw, a section of a skull, part of a leg, an upper and lower dental plate, a scrap of clothing with the store label still attached, and a gold wedding band. And the reason why he, because mm. what he would do, again, remember from the last episode, is that he would rob these graves and then feel incredibly guilty and sometimes come back and replace stuff. Yeah. So this was stuff that he like felt really bad about having. Yeah. Or he went to make a return. Just yeah. like, nah, this jawbone isn't what I liked, Grave. Is that okay if I return it? And the Grave's like, yeah, return it. Can oh, I okay. get store credit? <laughs> <laughs> but as far as his crimes against the living went, he would maintain for the rest of his life that Bernice's death was an accident and Mary Hogan, he couldn't remember killing at all, but he admitted that he must have since her head was found in his well, house. I do want to say, I think Bernice's death was an accident, but... Did you know she didn't like Chevrolet? You know, so, she didn't like you're Chevrolet. You're a Ford sheriff. I know and you're a like, Ford guy. If I had heard it my own goddamn self, I would have shot her. <laughs> and from the official report on Ed's mental well-being, it was the consensus of the staff's opinion that this man is best diagnosed as a schizophrenic reaction of the chronic undifferentiated type because his judgment is so influenced by his envelopment in a world of fantasy, he is not considered to know the difference between right and wrong. This man, in the opinion of the staff, is legal in- legally insane and not competent to stand trial at this time. But so your official word is he was a bonkers boo-boo head. Yes. <laughs> is that correct? Yes, yes, okay. Officially. Yes, yes, yes. Officially. Okay. Um, the problem, though, is that we're going to see, in my, in my estimation, as I think that he really liked institution life. Yeah. He oh, he up, belonged there. They, yeah. all, they all said the same thing. His reaction was when he showed up to the hospital and he was talking to the police officers, it was always just him being like, they really take care of me here, yeah. and I love it. He gained a lot of weight mm-hmm. immediately through the cr- trial process. So I think that he knew what he did was wrong. I think that he did make up some shit because of what he learned from comic books. I think he learned that you can make shit up a little bit and, t- and talk about voices talking to you and seeing things in the night and talking about the vultures and talking mm. all this stuff, and it'll keep you in the hospital. Um, they wanted to keep him in the hospital anyway. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they knew that he, he wasn't right. 
He yeah. belonged in a hospital a long, long, a long time, time ago. He really did. He yes. really did. But he deaf, but institution life really suited him. It was a kind of someone brought it up on the Facebook page. Uh, I think the uh, Yayo that uh, did the wonderful fan art of us all huddling. Oh, I love it. All was yeah. huddling and and just kissing. Mm-hmm. That brought up a pretty good point. Asking like, if was it a happy ending? Yes. I think that it For was. For Ed, it absolutely Ed was. was. Yeah. He spent the rest of his life at Central State Hospital, died there in 1984, the age of 78. 78, uh, so, he had a, so he was there for about 30 years, 40 About 30, years? Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. there from like 58, or he was there from like 60 to 84, so yeah, about 25 years. Wow. Uh, and about Central State, Ed would say, I'm happy here. It's a good place. Some of the people here are pretty disturbed, though. <laughs> <laughs> You still got it, Ed. <laughs> and oh one person God. who got to know him in his central state uh, days, years later, put it best. He said he was an idiot savant of the macabre, a genius at the ghoulish things he did, but in anything else, an innocent. Very and I, interesting. And I think yeah. that is a, a great way to, to describe Ed Gein. An innocent. Yeah. Uh, a genius at the ghoulish things he did, but in yeah. anything else, I don't know. I don't really think that he made up a lot of stuff. Like he his, was, he's his, definitely his, he the, was a uh, he was an almost textbook schizophrenic. Yes, right, right, right. Uh, um, he just happened to be the Willy Wonka of titty vests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just a schizo Martha Stewart. But no, he, yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he deserved to be thrown into. Pro- like, I think he was a very sick man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think we can all agree on that. And, yeah. not, I, and I don't think well. he knew right from right. As far as like Bernice and Mary Hogan, like I don't think he knew right from wrong uh, during those times. Well, like, either murders. All right. Well, uh, is- but then were there certain things that were? Uh, that, I mean, while he was uh, on trial, like well, these weird little tidbits about how basically what people were afraid is that his house was going to become like a horror museum. Yeah, right. Uh, and mean, that people were going to show up. Someone actually did say that they were going to buy the house and turn it into a horror museum. And why so, wouldn't you? Yeah. And then, and one n- night, while these were basically they were building up to do this giant auction and of all of Ed's stuff at his house. All right, I got crowd- eight. I got nine vaginas in a box. Nine vaginas going once, nine vaginas going two time. I'll pay anything for them. Arrest that man! Arrest that man! Uh, but the, the house got burnt down. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And they asked Ed, what you, when they told him uh, that his house was burnt down, Ed shrugged and said, just as well. Mm-hmm. Just as well. He's like, Even just as, He's like, just as well. Because yeah, I, I think he was free. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think he didn't have, and I think he had tried, you know, we talked about in the last episode how he had tried to uh, trade houses with someone, tried to get out of there. I think he did have some lucid moments where yeah. he wanted to leave. He wanted, because right. I think his relationship with Augusta was very much love hate. I think on the surface, it was this like e- extreme love, but deep down, I think he hated her more than a man could hate anything. It's and how it be- I feel about carbohydrates. You know, I love carbohydrates, love but it. I hate what they but do. But that's to me. what everybody said. I mean, and then it became his attitude towards all women mm-hmm. and all women that reminded him of his mother. Uh, that's even, why the the yeah. making of the costumes and the making of the objects was both a celebration and a desecration. Yeah, it was both like I want to be a woman, but I also want to truss a woman up like a fucking pig and cut her guts out and throw her guts sliding around like they're soap in a shower. <laughs> right, 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 right. Ed Gein. Um, well, yeah, but one of the uh, Ed Gein artifacts that would travel outside of Plainview, Henry talked about the auction uh, in which uh, all of Ed Gein's belongings would be auctioned off. Uh, An enterprising man named Bunny Gibbons. Oh, I like Bunny Gibbons. From Rockford, Illinois, bought Ed Gein's infamous death car, 
and took it around to, sta- to county fairs around Wisconsin. He right. specialized in trick mice. But <laughs> after a friend of his uh, made a lot of money on Dillinger's death car, he uh, bought a uh, buddy, bought the Egeen's truck. He made a couple of wax dummies that depicted Ed and Bernice. Right. Put one in the driver's that seat. That must have taken a lot of wax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he put one in the driver's seat and one in the back and displayed it at the Outgamee County Fair in Seymour, Wisconsin. See the car that hauled the dead from the graves. You read about it in Life magazine. It's here. Ed Gein's crime car. $1,000 reward, if not true. I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to go if it's a Chevy. I hate Chevrolet. I hate the Chevrolet. I hate Chevrolet. <laughs> 2,000 people paid a quarter each in just a few days, which, I did the math, in today's money is about Four grand. Wow. He paid about 750 bucks for it. Yeah, in two days, man. He's making money. And people in Plainfield understandably upset right, yeah, about yeah, yeah. this. Yeah, understandably upset. Uh, and uh, the Wisconsin Association for Mental Health was also upset, but for a different reason. Uh, they were upset because while the fair had plenty of room uh, for Ed Gein's death car, the Wisconsin Association for Mental Health were told that they couldn't set up a booth because there just wasn't enough room. <laughs> oh, isn't that too bad? Um, and do we want to end uh, this uh, our trip through the macabre? Our trip oh through the macabre. We're going to end with something that is, I believe, uh, to be a direct ancestor of last podcast on the left: the phenomenon of geeners. Okay. And Gainers were jokes that people around Wisconsin started telling uh, pretty much right after Ed Gein was caught and all this stuff came out. It is a coping mechanism. Humor is a coping mechanism. All right. the people in Wisconsin, they had to have some way to deal with this shit. Uh, so they started telling these jokes. They started doing limericks. And people were writing about Gein, or like uh, intellectuals were writing about Gainers and talking yeah. about how like it, it is true. They, this, this is really the first time the country got to really talk about dark humor and wh- what it's good for. Yeah, right, it, exactly. Right, right. And this was the first time dark humor was a nationwide thing. And of course, the people of Plainfield, you didn't tell a Geener in Plainfield. No, you, you don't. You can tell, tell one in Lacrosse. No. You, but you could tell one in Stevens Point. Sure. But you couldn't right tell one in Plainfield. But yeah, you and you got to tell you, and they killed a McGunka. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't even go there. You can tell some jokes about people from Minnesota, though, in Plainfield, and they'll laugh and laugh, because those people from Minnesota, they're dumb. They're oh, dumb. You know, hey. they're, they're, you know, they're uh, Pentecostal. <laughs> you know, so how many times they go out there, they turn a kayak upside down and be like, hey, turn around, there's a hole in it. And they're like, ah, like my mother, there's a hole in my mother. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, and, yeah. hey, Ben, tell us a, tell us a Soden. Tell us what oh I'm my god! Is. So hey, what do you call somebody who drives to the speed limit? What? <sighs> okay, <laughs> this is a good one. Okay, uh, you call them a Minnesotan because they're uh, they. You know what? I lost it. Ah, <laughs> that's okay. Okay, ask me another one. Ask me another one, uh, Mister Gein. I'm sorry, we're gonna have to take you back into the okay. room now. No, no, ask me another one. I got okay. this. How, what do you? Okay, tell us a tell us a Minnesotan. Tell us a Soden. Hey. Have you heard the one about um, the? Have you heard of one the one about the Hairy Minnesotan? Sure haven't. No, no, no. What is that? Sure haven't. Every one of them. That's kind of funny. That's funny. Yeah, they're hairy right, so, and dumb. This is our favorite of the Geeners. Yeah. Somebody, um, I don't know who wrote this, where it was originally published, but some 
enterprising genius of a soul wrote a parody of The Night Before Christmas about Mr. Ed Gein. Henry, take it away. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the shed all creatures were stewing, even old Ed. The bodies were hung from their rafters above while Eddie was searching for another new love. He went to Watoma for a plain field deal looking for love and also a meal. When what to his hungry eyes should appear but old Mary Hogan and her new red brassiere. Her cheeks were like roses when kissed by the sun and she let out a scream at the sight of Ed's gun. Old Ed pulled the trigger and Mary fell dead. He took his old axe and cut off her head. He then took his hacksaw and cut her in two, one half for hamburger, the other for stew. <laughs> and laying a hand aside of her heel, up to the raptor went his next meal. He sprang to his truck, to the graveyard he flew. The hours were short, and much work he must do. He looked for the grave, where the fattest one laid, and started digging with a shovel and spade. He shoveled and shoveled and shoveled some more, so finally he reached the old coffin door. He took out a crowbar and pried open the box. He was not only clever, but sly as a fox. As he picked up the body and cut off her head, he could tell by the smell that the old girl was dead. He filled in the grave by the moonlight above, and once more old Ed had found a new love. He let out a yell as he drove out of sight. If I don't get caught, I'll, I'll be, be back, back tomorrow, tomorrow night. Oh, 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 okay. Now that was just one of my favorite little jokes, but that concludes this Easter service. I'm Pastor Zilkowski as always. Oh, I love that, that good Eddie joke. I gotta joke. say, population has been light the last couple of yeah, weeks. So that's why I'm starting to do the limericks now. So tell your friends, uh, the pastor's back and he's cool. He's cool. Him. He's cool now. Yep. Okay. May the Lord be with you. <laughs> That's fucking Ed Gein, man. Oh, man. That was wow. such, oh, three parts, three hours of good old Eddie. Eddie Gein. I hope you guys had as much fun with this as we did. Oh, man. I can't believe it took us this long, but you know what? It was worth the wait. It was, it it was, was a sweet, it. sweet wine. That's <laughs> and, right. And you know what? It's This was not planned at all, uh, but we just happened to do this. Right in the middle of Mother's Day. Oh, oh. Nice. yeah! And Mother's Day was last Sunday, so mm-hmm. you know if you haven't called your mother yet, uh, just think of Augusta and dial the number. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, get hard. Well, don't <laughs> you know, get hard when you call Augusta your mother. Just shashaying around. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I would say if you do have an erection, wait until it's gone, then call your then mother. call you, your mother. Yeah, you don't want to get for the love a thing of God. Going. Don't call your mother with a hard on because you're no. going to start crossing the signals. Oh, exactly. <laughs> then everything's going to fall apart, and you've got yourself a messy house. <laughs> and that's really the number one problem in the story. That's what Ed Gein did the worst. So I want to say, uh, hail Satan. Uh, yes, I want to uh, give a shout out to Mara Maloney. Hello, shout out. Mara! Uh, uh, we'll do a hail yourselves. And we do a, a hail Gein, a big old hail Gein. Oh my Gein. God, hail Gein. Gein. And I hope he's smiling in heaven right now. <laughs> he can't not smile, so he's smiling wherever yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in hell, and Satan's just like, why won't you not smile? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, technically, he's Satan's interior designer. Oh, so. <laughs> he's getting pretty cushy treatment down there. Oh, I, I can't wait for Ed Gein to die. I'm going to bring him down to hell, and I'm going to get a break. <laughs> 
brand new living room. Why is Satan Wisconsin? Every Wisconsin. One, uh, in hell, it sounds like that. <laughs> Once you go through the tunnel and the tube, yeah, the fire makes you sound that way. Well, be sure to go to iTunes and uh, rate and review and subscribe if you haven't yet. Go to cavecomedyradio.com slash last podcast on the left uh, to get your last podcast on the left t-shirt. That's $25 mm-hmm. domestic, $40 international. We're actually going to be having a new last podcast on the left t-shirt, a limited edition one coming out here soon. We're going to start pre-orders here in the next week or two, so be sure to keep an eye on the Facebook page for announcements as far as that goes. We're only going to have them on sale for a limited time, and then that's it. So you're going to have a very limited time to get these. Uh, The live show. Unfor- do you want to mention this? Yes, the live show. Actually, yes. no live show this May. Yes. Yeah, no no live show this month in May. And in June, it's going to be on June 19th. It's going to be on a Friday. Uh, right. So the next couple months, we are going to be switching it up a little bit. Um, but after that, we're fucking good yep. to go. And come on out. The live shows are so fun, and it's awesome to meet everybody and yeah. all that stuff. Always. Uh, and I, oh, follow us on Twitter, LP on the left. Mm-hmm. That's at Ben Kissel, at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks. Uh, and yeah, yeah. thanks everyone That's for it. supporting. And to make Goostalations. Goostalations. And uh, Heroes Reborn, Thursdays at 8. Yeah, that'll be it's exciting. And mm. thanks so much for supporting all the other shows that Marcus and I do together as well here on CCR. We really appreciate that. That's right. He'll uh, he'll me mm. if you would. Heroes reborn. You say Thursday at eight p.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On I'm what? Bu- I'm busy. On what channel? <laughs> I'm actually busy. Yeah, yeah, you're busy. Actually, I'm busy. Yeah, actually, I'm either. Like, yeah, I've got rehearsal every Thursday. You should at just 8 PM. DVR it. Oh, I don't have a DVR. All right, well. Well, I guess he just lost two two viewers, huh? <laughs> guess you'll you'll never not be doing the show, huh? <laughs> Marcus, our plan is working out great. We will ruin his career. A to Z will also then be played again Thursdays at nine thirty. <laughs> oh, I heard Stu has a podcast. <laughs> Stu from A to Z. Let's listen. Hail Satan! Oh, let's. Oh, Stu's different. <laughs> For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.